0: Foundations
1: So the scribes were trained up to actually copy the scrolls and then copy the, another scroll and then copy another scroll so it became really important mm. to get these scrolls in all the synagogues as they re established themselves
0: Foundations, understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith with Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby We're learning about the various different Jewish religious groups whose names we're familiar with from the Bible. We've learned so far about the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and this time we're going to be learning about the scribes.
1: There's actually two different groups within the scribal community. There were the ones that were particularly focused on the religious aspects of Jewish life, and then there were those that were more within the administrative roles within society. So the religious scribes tended to be from the tribe of Levi or Levi, of which we know comes the priest and Mm the priesthood, and they were the ones who had to look after all the different elements of the temple, you know, who was going to make the incense, who was going to do the wash the curtains and, you know, all that stuff. they
0: like the service team at church.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, they set up the uh, the chairs in the morning, put them away. Yeah, that was those guys. And, of course, also the writing of the scrolls. Mm. That was very much what they did. And then, of course, you had the civil scribes. They were kind of like the historians, record keepers. They were the letter writers in royal palaces, secretaries, that sort of thing, notaries. They worked in the urban administration centres and were associated pretty much the professional guilds and writers. Mm. We're going to focus particularly on the religious scribes because they're the ones that affect us most with regard to our Bible study, most people don't realise that we actually owe a great debt to Mm. the scribes.
0: Well, I guess obviously in the 21st century we've got Bibles just readily available, whether online, on our phones and tablets we've got them, and then we've got, oftentimes we'll have Two, three, four, or more Bibles floating around our house,
1: and do we read them all? Well, that's the thing. Yeah, you know, we don't <laughs> read them. And,
0: uh, obviously, you know, in times gone by, people were burned at the stake, or you know, they were persecuted for reading the Bible or for trying to copy the Bible and you know distribute it amongst other people. So, you know, I guess we sometimes take it for granted what we've got today. But as you said, you know, the, the scribes are very much involved with that process of very carefully copying the scrolls.
1: Unbelievable. And, you know, when you said, you know, people could be burned at the stake for having a copy of the Bible or reading it, I can remember reading Fox book, Fox's Book of Martyrs years ago, and he actually detailed that there was um, a man and his family were actually burned at the stake for reading aloud or quoting mm. the Lord's Prayer in English.
0: Mm. Isn't that just like, yeah, it, just, does, it boggles your mind, yeah. and
1: they were burned at the stake by the church. Yeah. By the church, so we have we are so fortunate today. We are so Mm. blessed that we have the scriptures. But how we got the scripture, how the integrity of the scriptures has been sustained throughout millennia, is it's breathtaking. Mm. Like it's fantastic. Now the scribes, and we did mention this, I think, very early in the some of the very earliest foundations uh, episodes. But it's really it's probably good to look at it again when the scribes underwent. Their training, they were literally governed by very detailed guidelines. They were rigidly kept. So when they were making copies of the books of the Bible, that they would be perfect or as close to perfect as possible. And the reason they had to be perfect is because it was God's word. If these are the words of God, Mm -hmm. they could not slip up. Yeah. All right. So the priests worked in the temple in Jerusalem, as we've already talked about last time. The religious leaders, as we know, they were sort of scattered throughout Israel, primarily the scribes and the Pharisees, and they would instruct people and teach people in the synagogues. The synagogue was also a meeting place, like a, a local school of arts, that kind of thing. So it was social as well as religious. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is where that they would read the Torah scrolls. Uh, A Torah scroll was of course the first five books of the Bible Plus they would have scrolls for the other books as well The historical books and the uh, the poetry and the prophecy and all the rest of it But before the scribes could actually fill the role of writing the scriptures They were primarily filled by the prophets And it wasn't until after the return of the Babylonian exiles That it suddenly became, as we've talked before The desperate need to have Mm. the scriptures So the scribes were trained up to actually copy the scrolls and then copy the, another scroll and then copy another scroll. So it became really important mm. to get these scrolls in all the synagogues as they reestablished themselves. Okay, now the scribes uh, established schools to teach young people especially. They knew the law probably better than anybody because they were literally copying it word for word yeah. every day. They were experts of the law. These guys were zealous. They were fastidious in the minute details in the copying. Theologically speaking, they were like the Pharisees, and that's why very often you see that they're the scribes and the Pharisees. That's how they're yeah, mentioned Yeah, they're sort together. of mentioned together.
0: Yeah. That's right. Now, of course, the we've talked, as you said, in previous episodes about the way that they actually did this, the, the process of copying the scrolls, and they were meticulous in their craft. So let's have a look at some of the different things that they actually went through, some of the processes that they went through in order to comply with the regulations as far as how to copy a scroll.
1: Sure. You're talking about rules and regulations. Mm. They had rules and regulations for the rules and regulations (laughs) of the the process. Okay, so an authentic Torah scroll to start with. As I said, it's the first five books of Moses. Can I just say I've seen them. They are masterpieces. Mm. They're breathtaking. They're made of between 62 and 84 sheets of parchment, all kosher, made from kosher animals. And even the pens they use, everything that they use to make the the scroll, there's no metal in any of it. And the reason there's no metal is because metal is something that's used to make war and weapons. So timber, yes, the hides of animals, clean animals and all the rest of it. Even the ink, it's all got to be kosher. A kosher scroll uh, will contain exactly 304,805 letters And they take months to complete. Before a scribe even begins writing, he has to be ritually clean. If he happens to know that he's going to write the name of God, ritual cleansing has to take place. Only a specific number of letters is allowed on each line. Only a certain number of lines were permitted on each page. The scribe was never allowed to write from memory. He had to copy each word one letter at a time, looking to the original, wow. then to the copy, and he had to say the letter out loud as he wrote it oh. to make sure that he got it right. It's a
0: painstaking process, oh, isn't it? For yeah. 304,000 of those times, <laughs> say that, the letter, look, ex- say Exactly. The letter? I wow. mean,
1: you're right, painstaking. That's amazing. That's a, like, I need a pen at all at the end of the day job. Uh, There was a specific spacing that had to be between all of the letters and it was also necessary so that the letters wouldn't kind of run together and become obscured. If the name of God was going to be written, the quill had to be cleaned first. The ink applied carefully so that when the name of God was written, the letters didn't blur. If the king himself happened to walk into a room where a scribe was writing the name of God and he asked the scribe a question, the scribe was instructed, ignore the king. And finish writing God's name. So the king just had to sort of wait. Each Hebrew letter has a numerical value. And after each sheet of the scroll was completed, it was be meticulously checked to ensure that the correct number of letters were present and that each numerical value was added precisely so that it matched the Mm, original. I mean, I hate numbers. I would have hated having to add all of that up. I would have had to have redone it over and over and over and over again.
0: But it gives you a great confidence, doesn't it, to think that that's what went into the copying so that it wasn't just a laissez-faire process. Like, it was incredibly careful.
1: Absolutely. And not only that, but if there was any errors, only up to three errors were permitted. They would have to be marked and identified. If a particular piece of parchment had more than three errors on it, it would be removed from the scroll completely it would be buried. You don't destroy anything that has God's word on it, so it would be buried. And then that whole parchment would have to be redone from scratch. Wow. Then when all of the parchments were completed, they were all checked for accuracy, then they would be sewn together. They would be put on what looks like a great big wooden spindle, and then it would be stored away, and that was a Torah scroll. Wow. Like, they really are a masterpiece.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a look at how they wrote the scrolls and copied. And next time we're going to be looking at some of the issues that Jesus had with the scribes. That's next time on Foundations. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations.